Hello. Welcome. To the Media of Podcast. Hello, 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 all. Hello, one and all. It is May the 6th, 2020. We are still marooned in our own islands, but hey, if you're watching uh, the archive on YouTube, you can see our faces potentially. Yes, we have revenged the sixth of the six weeks of quarantine to finally produce a <laughs> webcam. Yeah, so it's almost like we should have done that ahead of time. But, eh. <laughs> yeah. It's all about improv. Everyone's better than nothing. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us on this wonderful edition of the Media Boat Podcast. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We can see each other again. We can see each other. And you can see these on YouTube. If Yeah, we're going to be like, what, a six-week gap between those? But hey, archived are archived. and Archives are archives. Beards so are growing new, weird beards. Yes, and we're growing weird beards. Um, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining us. One, two, we are a podcast about media, which includes, in this case, movies, video games, music, and television. I don't, that's a weird-ass order. Uh, and we don't necessarily talk about those in that order. Uh, but here we are. Um, so yeah, believe it or not, there are still news happening, even though um, two out of four of those things really isn't happening anymore. We can find news. It's out there. Stuff still it. happens. Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, news persisted. So we start with the movie section, which we usually start with box office, but that's been moot for weeks. So instead, we're going to go straight into the news. And with the turmoil of the box office comes a predicament, you know, about the Academy Awards. Because theaters yeah. need to, you know, or movies need to be shown in theaters in order to be eligible. Yeah. If you're a movie fan, you probably asked yourself that question after all this has happened. I am a like movie one, fan, and yes, this has crossed my mind. Yeah, like one, like the rules have to change if there's going to be anything eligible. And two, what the hell is going to be eligible because there's been no movies this year? Uh, well, when this first happened, Trolls 2 uh, was going to go up against, what was it, that came out earlier, Sonic for Best Picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's like, what, Sonic the Hedgehog? Um... <laughs> Just Sonic the Hedgehog? Trolls World Tour. Um, the Invisible Man, although I don't know if anyone's seen it. Yeah, Emma, period. Emma, period. Onward. Hey, Pixar Onward, winning for Best Animated Feature. <laughs> By default at this point. Um, but here's what the Academy has said. They've uh, finally said what they're going to do about the eligibility requirements. They say the rules for the 93rd Academy Awards, which are the upcoming ones, are taking a lax approach to eligibility. This season, this season and until further notice, until things change, films can qualify for the competition without screening for at least one week in a Los Angeles area theater instead. Films that were scheduled for theatrical release that meet everything else, all the other eligibility requirements, and that are made available for members to view on the organization's member-only streaming service, which we talked about briefly last year, mm -hmm. within 60 days of being available on video on demand, are all eligible. Other changes include consolidating both sound editing and sound mixing into a best sound category, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that used to be the case? I believe so. Used to that be. was the original category, and then they split it into, I think, in the 90s? 
Right. They split it when they did the same thing with split editing. Yeah, I think that's what had happened. Uh, bringing back the uh, number of awards from 24 to 23, which, uh, you know, is what it is. Additionally, to be eligible for your best original score Oscar, at least 60% of a film's music must be original, as opposed to the ori original rule, which was predominantly, which was the operative word. They actually put a number on it this time. Yeah, has to have a number now. And finally, all members will be able to vote now to help determine the best international feature Oscar shortlist via uh, the Academy screening room. So yeah, you can just go on if you're an Academy member and see what the roster is online. And then choose. Hey, we're living in a digital world now. You know, the thing they tried to prevent for such a long time. Yeah. Honestly, this, this isn't a whole lot different. This is fine. Yeah, I mean lack of a sound category but normally that would be a big news headline although yeah and you won't have that moment where that awkward time where they make the celebrity presenters explain the difference between editing and mixing is <laughs> <laughs> the best, best part sound. every year well because even the actors don't know <laughs> it's like oh we no gotta write this somehow no one really knows except for like you <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, the world might be in a completely different place come next year when this this ceremony will take place. So who the hell knows at this point? Um, yeah, it might be an all digital ceremony where we'll just do quick pans to, oh, by the way, here's the Oscar I now have and have had for a week for this yeah. ceremony to come. <laughs> they shipped this to me. I covered it in bleach before I touched it. <laughs> Who knows what's going to be? We'll see. Our second story is not about movies being theatrically released, but having a theater in your own damn home because Sony has teamed up with IMAX to expand their home entertainment partnership with hundreds of new library movie titles to be released on a service called IMAX Enhanced. Sony will release hundreds of these IMAX format titles over the next two years. They will play on IMAX's licensed platform that projects digitally remastered 4K HDR images on high-end TV sets and some streaming platforms. Guess IMAX who has a high-end TV set? Yeah, and I don't have that much of a high-end. I don't have an IMAX compatible high-end TV set. Um, uh, I was going to say that guy, but... Yeah. I don't know who, who's that guy. I don't know who's over there. <laughs> um, mine has Dolby Cinema, but it doesn't have IMAX. IMAX Enhanced is currently available on four streaming platforms in 14 countries across 17 consumer electronic manufacturers. Doesn't say what those are, so who knows? I've never heard of this until today. Um, I think it varies depending on like what it is. I know like Xbox, PlayStation gaming systems don't have it, but I think like Roku does? Question mark? Might be built-in TVs. Mine's a Roku. It might be in there. Might be in there. Uh, but you know how we were saying last week that like IMAX was the big thing for theaters? Yeah. Well, now you can have IMAX in your home. I mean, this is them hedging their bets, right? This is like, well, we have the IMAX stuff in the theaters is just not, not going to deliver right now. We need to have a backup plan. This allows them to get into the television market. 
but it also allows them to basically charge for a premium on an IMAX format as well. Yeah. And then down the line, when people are allowed to go to movies again, this will be their push. We'll be like, well, this is our exclusive IMAX movie that you can only see in an actual IMAX theater. This won't be available on Enhanced Channel. Which would probably, I mean, outside of Sony, be what, Christopher Nolan's tenant? Because he only shoots in IMAX now? <laughs> yeah, right. It would be him and <laughs> Michael know, Bay. Disney Nature documentary. Disney Nature doc. <laughs> Whatever they do next. Rhinos. Disney Nature Rhinos. <laughs> Disney Nature Dolphins. I'd watch that, actually. I'd watch Disney Nature Dolphins. I think there is a Disney Nature Dolphins on yeah, Disney+. Plus. should be, if not. We'll get to documentaries later. Anyway, that's it for television. Or, sorry, movie news. Whatever the hell we're talking about. Movie about news. Dolphins. Disney Plus. Did you watch any movies uh, this week? Because uh, we both did, turns uh, out. Yes. Um, speaking of docs, I watched a documentary. Yeah. So where did you watch <laughs> So this is on uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know. I don't think this is new. However, yeah, I was going to say, is this calendar year 2020? Because if it's not, we shouldn't be talking about it. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I know it's not new. <laughs> But it's a ZZ Top documentary. Yes, ZZ Top. Them of the beards and spinning their guitars on their belt loops. Yes, uh, it's called ZZ Top, that little band from Texas. Well, that and the beards, yes. Um, But yeah, it's a ZZ Top doc. I thought it was really fascinating considering I know of their music, but not of the band. You know the story. I know of the basic story, but like the actual story that they told in the doc was really fascinating and really okay. gripping and held my attention. And if you're at all interested in that like 70s blues country music or ZZ Top, it's a really fascinating documentary that basically keeps you interested and invested the entire way through. At no point does it ever like seem to trail off. Although it does start in some really random places. <laughs> In Texas? Uh, in Texas and other places, yes. Just What's outside of Texas. What is the weirdest fact you learned about ZZ Top from this documentary? Uh, how they got their name, ZZ Top. Okay, tell me. I actually don't know. What does ZZ- um, because they were taking... Well, you could watch the doc, or I can explain it to you in two minutes. <laughs> uh, they were looking at renaming their band for like the fifth time. Okay. And they were looking at a lot of blues players, um, like B.B. King. So uh, like, oh, like, uh, there's like some other player called like ZZ something. So like, oh, let's take like ZZ, like ZZ here and B.B. King and put them together. We're ZZ King. No, that doesn't make sense. Well, <laughs> kings are at the top. So ZZ top. <laughs> Yay, that works. I feel like King would have made more sense than top, but that's just me. ZZ King? Yeah. They could have been ZZ King. I don't know. I'm not the one making the band name, but... <laughs> hey, they went with ZZ Top, and... Yeah, the other fascinating was how they got their beers. I was really... <laughs> really they, they grew there. Uh, yeah, like, after their first tour, they decided to take two years off. And then when they had to come back in the studio, both of them had grown 
long beards. They're like, well, I guess this is our look now. <laughs> <laughs> they were literally quarantine beards. Yeah, before it was a thing. <laughs> before it was cool. Well, I also watched a movie on Netflix. Ooh, what did you watch? We watched the half of it. Which half of it? The half of it, um, which is a um, kind of a rom- romantic comedy. It's basically a rom-com about uh, high schoolers, uh, but it's not a traditional, like a non-traditional kind of love story. Like it says up top a thing that it's not going to be the traditional kind of romantic kind of story. So basically the synopsis is it's about a young girl um, who's kind of shy. She's like in the band. She's not in band class, I mean. She's like not super popular, uh, but she has a crush on a girl in her class. Uh, The girl, however, is dating some dumb jock guy and is basically trapped in a relationship she doesn't want to be in. Um, so the main girl is basically like pining from a distance because it also happens to be an extremely religious town that they live in. So it's not like she can just go up to this girl and be like, I have a lesbian crush on you. It's not going to be an option for her. Anyway, (laughs) so the plot thickens as another kid, um, is also way into this, uh, popular girl. And main character has already been writing everybody's papers for like the whole semester. So kid goes up to main character and says, hey, why don't you write these love letters for me? Of course, this gives main character not an opportunity to write these love letters as if she herself was writing them to a popular girl. Ooh. And thus, and thus your complication. So it becomes this Love triangle of sorts. Um, even though Popular Girl is already dating someone. Even though Popular Girl is already dating someone, so really she's not really on, quote, the market. But it's high school, you know, like, everybody's trying to figure themselves out. And that's kind of where the story goes. Everyone so, has the soccer mentality. <laughs> uh, even though there's a goalie, you can still try and score. Some people think that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I know how you feel about this. I was like, are you really into this, Phil? So that's the thing is like what ends up making it work is that it ends up being kind of a story about all of these teens basically learning what one, what they're looking for, like part of like who, what they want to be. And the the other part is about them learning like that there's no set rules about love or relationships and the whole time I was thinking, like, man, I wish I had seen like had seen something like this when I was a high schooler, because man, you make some real dumb choices in the dating world when you're 17. That's and, why I never dated. Yeah, good call. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was it, it's a fun movie. It's cute. It's you got a lot of funny moments. It doesn't have the cliche ending that you expect it will. Um, and so yeah, I think that if you're a fan of like of romantic comedy, specifically like high school kind of romantic comedies. And especially if you're a fan of like uh, young adult fiction, because a lot of modern young adult fiction has gone into this kind of place, especially talking about like, not just straight relationships, but also relationship, like understanding like queer relationships and stuff. And this movie does a really good job balancing that with these characters that aren't really sure what they're into and what they want. 
Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix now. It's called The Half of It. I'd say if that sounds interesting, uh, check it out. All right. So that's one half of it. Let's that's one half of it. The other half of it is moving on to television. Uh, real briefly, uh, because yesterday was Star Wars Day. Oh, no, yeah, yesterday yeah. was Cinco de Mayo. Uh, yes. Monday was Star Wars Day, uh, right. May the 4th. Uh, Disney Plus put up um, Rise of Skywalker on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's up early. Yes. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching that with the two people I was originally going to watch that with <laughs> uh, until sickness and tournaments got in the way. Uh, but yeah, um, so I watched that again and one, got their reactions. Yeah. Two, happy their reactions matched for my reactions. Okay, good. And then three, it sent me back down the uh, Rise of Skywalker rabbit hole of mm-hmm. breaking down everything that was wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, but it did lead me to a really cool podcast called WTF, What the Force, <laughs> where... So unrelated are, to the Mark Maron podcast. Yes. Okay, unrelated. Unrelated. It's What the Force, and they break down everything, and I came across it because they were breaking down the John Williams score. Oh. And it was super fascinating. Like, oh my Is God, there's a whole other side of the reason why I hate this thing. You didn't do the whole thing, right? Huh? John Williams, he only contributed to that one, right? No. He didn't do the whole thing? He did the whole thing. Oh, okay. He did all nine. That was that was my confusion because I, I remember at the time reading something about like, oh, he made the theme, but that's it? Uh, no, that was for either Rogue One or Solo. Oh, he did the theme, but right. Michael Giacchino right. did the other. That is what I was thinking. I was thinking of Solo. You're right. Yeah. Okay. But it's really fascinating how they broke down John Williams and then, like, said, like, oh, my God, he did this, but then this scene doesn't match this theme and this motif now just means nothing, even though it's been meant something for this entire time and you just <laughs> ruin it. Yeah. Yeah, that was super interesting. And I went down a whole rabbit hole of their episodes. But, yeah, yeah what the force. I okay. recommend checking that out if you're a big Podcast Star Wars fan. Podcasts. If you're a big Star Wars fan, yeah. Okay, well, let's use this as a segue and talk real briefly about uh, some Star Wars movie news that came out this week. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but well, there was a headline. There was one. Uh, Taika Waititi, yes. an Apple shirt-wearing man himself. That's um, Thor Ragnarok's own. You have Thor Ragnarok's director and voice of Korg in the Jojo Rabbit. universe. And Academy yes. Award-winning Jojo Rabbit. Academy Award-winning Jojo Rabbit. Didn't he win for writing that? Yes. Yeah, so he's writing himself. Yeah. Um, has been given the reins of developing his own Star Wars film. So, hey, we get that now. Um, he's a good writer. I'm excited yeah. to see where this goes. And yet also worried if how much reigns, how much they rein him in. <laughs> uh, considering that we also have the Ryan Johnson film still on schedule. I mean, the joke here, and I saw this on Twitter very quickly, is and Disney will fire him three weeks into shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that, everybody. <laughs> but I don't know. He you gave know. them Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Right, exactly. He's the big the, one. He was like, yeah, I, like, it may look weird, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah, he's tested within the Disney system, which makes him unlike Lord Miller, for example. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But hey, 
that is uh, news that's Good gonna news. happen. But then again, that's just it. It was just announced yeah. that he was doing. That was it. That was yeah. it. And obviously, no, no story, no new characters. They can only barely do pre-production at this point with people working from home. So, like, it's probably not going to see light of day for three years. Yeah, but hey, I mean, it gives them time to write a story. Yes. Anyway, so that's it for movies. Let's now pivot to television. Thank you for pivoting. Uh, Where we start always with the sports corner. Believe it or not, there are sports sports are returning. Slowly, like they're like nature, they're reemerging <laughs> through the cracks. It's like watching grass grow. Sort of. Um, if you like watching people play games on grass, you might be happy to learn that ESPN will be airing baseball. Dot dot dot. Korean baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So explain this to me. I'm assuming that this is South Korean teams that have started to play again. Yes, these are South Korean teams playing baseball. Uh, not wearing face masks, but all the no umpires and all the coaches are. And no fans, right? And no fans, but there are cheerleaders who are also wearing face masks. Hold on. Korean baseball has cheerleaders? Yes. Okay. Today I learned that Korean baseball has And today you could have turned on ESPN because they were broadcasting. They were already, they're already playing this. Yes. Yeah, I read this, this your, your, your statement here, and I was like, oh, that's like two weeks, right? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, they've picked up the broadcasting rights for Korean baseball to could, air it here. I could watch some Korean baseball. I might watch some Korean baseball. Uh, you might be interested in some Korean baseball as the Angels' very own at one time, Hank Conger, former alumnus of Huntington Beach High School, oh. is a coach for one of the teams. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So that's what he's been doing. It's kind of like uh, no. We'll talk about that another time. I was going to liken that to something that happened in last week's episode of The Last Dance. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Korean baseball played just like regular baseball. Um, they have like English announcers. I think ESPN announcers are announcing it via Skype, Zoom. Right, yeah, watching the stream. Yeah, stream. But hey, it's actual life baseball. It's back. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. What else is back is, as we mentioned last week, the UFC, as they are still, as of this recording, <laughs> scheduled to have that fight this weekend. Yeah, last time we announced UFC 249, they canceled it the very next day. Now, I'm not a betting man. I'm no Michael Jordan. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> if I was, I would bet money that this does not take place. I would bet money that it does take place considering that it is in Florida and unless something happens over the next couple of days where they deem it a non-essential business, yeah, it's, they will go through with it. Uh, it's just so, it just makes me so mad. Uh, speaking of which, uh, actually not speaking of which, we don't have any uh, segue from that, do we? Uh, the schedule for the question mark NFL season question mark will be uh, released tomorrow. Uh, yes, the full schedule comes out tomorrow. I don't know when. I assume it's going to be some big ESPN thing. But hey, we get the NFL schedule tomorrow, which means I can finally map out my season-long road trip that I will not be taking. Yeah, that you won't be. No, I don't think anybody will be taking this. I think that... No, but I always do it every year where I, 
as soon as the schedule comes out, I map out if it's possible to see all 32 teams in the 16-week schedule. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. I would say for you to wait until 2021 for that dream. Oh, no, that's a retirement dream. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at least 2021. Yeah, no, I don't think this happens. I think they'll put out a schedule, but I don't think these games happen in August, September. I don't think this happens. I think it does. I it does, it does without fans and just be broadcast. If it does, with it's without fans. Well, yeah, like, it'll be without fans, but it'll still be played. Yeah, I cannot imagine sports happening. I, I just can't. It's just, it's, it's the, what everything I've read says that this is not realistic mm-hmm. this year. That calendar year 2020 is a wash for sports. Hmm. I don't know. I, assuming these, this doesn't, like intensify as I assume it's going to. We will have sports. You need a little subtitle that says coronavirus intensifies. No, 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 we will not. We <laughs> won't mention that name here. <laughs> we have barred it for the past three weeks. I'm going to continue that trend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a schedule. I'm just not sure whether it will actually occur. Right. All right. Uh, next up. One thing that will probably happen is NASCAR, as that is also scheduled to return on May 17th with the Coca-Cola 600 still planned for Memorial Day. Uh, Yes, um, they have garnered actual racetrack officials. And because each team is pretty much all covered every time they step onto the track, uh, no fans, of course. Yeah. But But they're in cars. Actual NASCAR, no more iRacing. Uh, They only have nine races currently scheduled. Uh, These are including the um, Monster Truck Series and like the under the up and coming series, but actual NASCAR will be returning. Which is Uh, racing will be on Sunday, and then they will race on two Wednesdays, and then we have the Sunday Memorial Race. Yeah, all of this is wonderful timing because I don't know if you saw the drama about iRacing. Uh, last that happened uh, over the last couple of weeks with Carl Larson, yeah, and like there was oh, yeah, we we covered Carl covered Larson. that. There was also some story about like this IndyCar racer who was like doing a digital race, and he like took somebody out on purpose in the game. <laughs> it's like fascinating stuff in the world of digital racing. <laughs> it's it's stuff. It's weird. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Kyle Larson, he is huh. currently signed again. Oh. Well, not signed. He's using his own Boy. money to race in the Dirt series. Oh, uh, Dirt. Yeah. Not Dirt the video game, but like actual Dirt Roads. <laughs> actual Which dirt. I assume are red Dirt Roads. Oh, no. I would ask uh, Al, Al. No. Who's that? Alan? No, that's not Alan Jackson, is Brooks. it? Brooks. <laughs> is Brooks and Dunn? Oh, Brooks and Dunn. You're right. It's Brooks and Dunn's song. I was trying to struggle. I was struggling. I was like, who's that song? You're like Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks. One of them. <laughs> old guy. <laughs> One of those old guys. All right. Uh, and then lastly in sports, news that's up my alley. <laughs> in fact, I'll, I have a question for you after, we fin- after I finish reading the sentence. So ESPN is having so much... Uh, rating success with airing The Last Dance on Sunday nights 
um, that they are planning three new 30 for 30 documentaries that will air on Sunday nights. These include Lance, which I presume is about Lance Armstrong. Yes, that's a two-part doc uh, for Lance Armstrong. B. Water, which I'm not sure who that is. That is a Bruce Lee doc. Ah, okay. And Long Gone Summer. Which is going to be up your alley because you have no idea what happened here. It is the 1998 baseball season where Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were chasing Babe Ruth's home run record. Oh, cool. Okay. And I have no, you have no idea what happened during it. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I was not paying attention. I know more or less that, like, the, the aura around it. Kind of the same thing as this, as The Last Dance. Like, a new context. Speaking of which, so here's my question that I'm, I'm pitching to you. I had this thought. So while I was watching, I actually watched The Last Dance live on Sunday, which yes. is why I texted you about Reebok, <laughs> which you did not respond. <laughs> um, but, um... I was thinking, because they kept airing the same ads over and over again, but one of them was like, ESPN Plus has like every 30 for 30. And I was like, should I sign up for ESPN Plus? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Now, I know what you're thinking, both you and the audience, is there are no sports happening. Why Why would you sign up for ESPN Plus now? Also, you don't watch sports. So why would, would you do that? I would say that uh, Disney, assuming they're still doing it, is having the promo bundle yeah. for ESPN plus, ESPN plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu. Problem with that, that is that I'm already in for a year of Disney Plus that I already paid for. Right. And I'm already in for a monthly recurring just regular as Hulu. Right. So that's not an option. I, if I was going to get this, it would be a la carte. Right. Do they have like a free trial? Um, is- yeah, I believe it's a week trial, seven day trial. So you can get a lot of docs in there. Yeah, what I was gonna say is like, is that enough? If I'm just gonna watch Thirty for Thirty, like, there's no reason else, like, otherwise, for me to get this. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, there's only so many email addresses you could go through for free trials. <laughs> and only so many, and and get my fill of Korean baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll look into it. I'll do some research. But I wanted to get your take on that, like whether you think it would be worth it for me. Uh, well, we've used it to watch UFCs, um, to mm-hmm. watch Peyton's Places, uh, <laughs> live sports that yeah, we don't original, get norm- regional. Yeah, is the original content worth it? Uh, some of it is. Uh, like there's a whole like UFC doc on it or like lead up to like the Cormier fight and then the um, – which we'll call it the Irish guy fight, the proper 12 guy. <laughs> I only do this. I know that like he knocked a guy out. <laughs> oh, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> and, also, yeah, he's a big dick. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. That's what that is. All right. There's the explicit rating right there. Mark it. Let's stop talking about sports. Unless there's other sports. Do you have anything else? Um, no, go ahead. All right, television news. We pivot again into television news. And first story is about streaming, because of course it is. Yep. Specifically, a little update on how, if you're a Hulu subscriber, there's an 
and that's already signed up for HBO, there's an easy way for you to get HBO Max when it launches in the last week of the month. Yep. Warner Media has made a deal to make the streaming service available on Hulu to existing subscribers day of launch via HBO subscribers. So if you're already an HBO subscriber through Hulu, you will get an upgrade on the 27th for no additional cost. If you don't already have HBO, Hulu, you can add it directly through Hulu for $15 a month, which easily is the same price that Max will be. Yes, but currently you can also get that for $11, $12 a month. They're doing a special promo for $12 a month for one year. Oh, I might do this because I was going to get HBO Max anyways. I already have an existing Hulu subscription. See, I was on the fence about getting HBO Max because like, do I need another streaming service? (laughs) <laughs> to download an ad, but if I can just get it straight through Hulu and just have it added on there, yeah, it better. makes it a lot easier. So yeah, the deal follows similar packs with Apple, Charter Communications, Google, and YouTube TV. Ooh, maybe I should check that actually because I'm a subscriber there. Uh, the companies that are not yet on board for launch, so they don't have deals yet with Max, Comcast, Dish Network, Roku, Amazon, Verizon, and Sling TV. If you're a critical thinker, you might notice that a lot of these already have competing streaming services, which is why they're probably not on board. And probably why they won't make deals at launch and right. kind of hold off. They'll wait until their hand is forced. Yep. See so, how many people have signed up to HBO Max. Like, okay, yeah. maybe we should. So we at least get some money in it, but eh. I mean, it's what Sony did after View, PlayStation View shut down. All of a sudden, they have everything now. You can just straight up download Hulu Live TV now. Yep. It was not blocked anymore. You can just have it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what do you know? So, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm sold on it. I think what sold it most for me was just knowing that, that there's a one-stop shop for all the Cartoon Network stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the number one thing for me. Also, I feel like they have promising original content compared to Disney. I like their I like their back catalog and I, I like do. that it's be commercial free since I'm paying for it. That's one of the things like I kind of want to like upgrade the Hulu that we have to no ads. Yeah. But at the same time we don't use it as much. But if I can add this to it. Right. It might be worth eh, it. It kind of looking forward to forcing a hand there. Yeah. So I, I'll look into the Hulu option. I'll look into the YouTube TV options, see which one's cheaper for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I might make a commitment to this if I'm going to subscribe to it anyways. So we'll see. Yep. Our second story in television is a move of, instead of talking about streaming services, talk about regular ass television business and a broadcasting company that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, the Sinclair Media Group. So this favorite. is a follow-up to not one story and not two stories, but three separate stories of Sinclair Group. So here's the deal. They're in hot water again. The broadcasting group will pay the latest FCC civil penalty to the tune of $48 million to close three open government investigations, including, one, its conduct in 2018 as it tried to acquire Tribune Media, which we covered. Mm-hmm. The fines do not revoke FCC licenses, even though they were trying to sell two of Tribune's biggest stations for below market value. Air paid programming 
without disclosing the identity of the sponsor and failed to conduct good faith negotiations for retransmission consent agreements. Sinclair's CEO, Chris Ripley, said in a statement that the company was pleased with the resolution announced by the FCC and to be moving forward. That's what you say when you've lost. <laughs> I'm glad we're moving forward. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, another a favorite here at the Media Boat Podcast. I'm making a thumbs up, a thumbs down gesture. Oh yeah, I covered my nose from that, so you get my nasally voice. Uh, commit, commented that while they don't like what was happening, that's an understatement. They found that the First Amendment applied to Sinclair's viewpoints. Middle fingers in the air to that one. Pew, 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 Anyway, pew. so yeah, um, this is what it is. I mean, at least they're getting a slap on the hand. Obviously, it's not a whole lot of money. I'm sure that they can afford more than $48 million. Fine. $48 million for a billion-dollar company? <laughs> yeah, it's pittance. It's pittance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this isn't going to change anything. They're going to still be this awful juggernaut. Yeah, but to... this does mean that those cases are now officially yeah. wrapped. They're done. But again, to what end? Because they're going to keep doing what they're going to do. They're going to do this all over again as soon as something else is on the chopping block. Yep. We'll see. On that happy note, we watched some television this week. On that happy note, we have TV to watch. You watched some television this week specifically. I, I dabbled. I didn't really watch anything new besides I the last some TV. I finished some TV. All right. What did you do? All right, so I didn't talk about this last week, even though I probably should have, uh, was the finale for Making the Cut. Watched it, finished it. This is the Amazon Heidi Klum, uh, Tim Gunn. Yes, the, it's not Project Runway, but it might as well be. It's Project Runway. It's Project Company Runway? Company Runway, sure. Yeah. Corporate Runway. Yeah, and uh, as much as I liked it, like in the beginning... You can totally tell the producers got their hands on it, like with the last four, as like the, like oh, like the good storylines that we can draw out of people to make this a happy ending of a show, and like we can like oh, like this contestant is like very unsure of themselves, but we pulled that out of them. This contestant is like relaunching the brand, and we pulled it out of them. <laughs> has been winning everything, so they have to be here. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing you were talking about with Lego Masters last week. It's yes. Just, when you see the, 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 like the strings being pulled, it's a little less fun. It, it definitely got less fun when it got, especially to the end. I was like, okay, like, you've clearly, like, you've struggled every week and have needed help to get he- to this point. Yeah. But because that never gets brought up in the elimination rounds. That's the only reason why you're here. <laughs> As like, you don't belong here. Yeah. Uh, the person they picked, I didn't like winning. I think they should have gone with the other person because they were more dominant and had more of a clear vision of what they wanted. Yeah. But, hey. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I expect us to get a season two. Easily. Are you on board for a season two? Or do you I'll be on board for a season two. I enjoyed watching it. Right. I like the little interstitials between Heidi and uh, Tim Gunn. Yeah. Sucks that it's on Amazon. Speaking of Amazon, you watched another Amazon exclusive that um, 
I've seen parts of uh, walking into the living room and seeing it being viewed. Okay. This thing seems great. I want to get your take on on upload here. Uh, yes, upload by uh, Greg Daniels, um, yeah. one of the runners of The Office. I watched like maybe fifteen minutes of an episode. Yeah, it's really funny. It is really funny. It is really good. Yeah, it takes the concept of death from Parks and Rec, or not Parks and Rec, from The Good Place. The Good Place. I was thinking the whole time, I was like, "This is really good placey." It is really good place vibes because it deals with like the concept of death and like if you took out like the bad parts of you, you'd be like this really like good, charming person and like have this free falling vibe. But at the same time, it like confines itself to a real world basis of not having the actual like afterlife philosophy that the good place did, but rather just, Hey, it's basically technology based as like, it's kind of like a cell phone plan where you have coverage or you don't, or you're subscribed to this place or this other place and you're not. And like money wreaks its ugly head in there constantly, which keeps it both funny and also like, heh, I get it. Yeah. So it does make it more relatable than say the good place. Cause that's like an ethereal plane, even though the good place is like the best yeah, besides that, are they maybe a little too similar in concept? Because I was getting the vibe that if you didn't know, like, I don't know how to put this, but it's like I was getting the idea that, like, on a surface level, those shows are seem similar. On a surface level, those similar, but you could say the same thing that Devs is very similar to this show because that's the first vibe I got from the first episode or first oh, okay. two episodes where the main character has like a really great idea for an app and then all of a sudden gets killed. Yeah. It's uploaded. It is. But the, the whole mystery of why was he killed? Well, it is interesting that what they was both are hitting at the same time, but are completely on different ends of the spectrum when you talk about like weird, like com- complex drama and this is a comedy. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that being said, I actually completed uploads in three days, whereas devs I've yet to actually go back to. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Is that it's such more, it's such a different kind of show that it's like, it just seems dense. Yeah. Devs is really a dense show, but it is like really packed with drama and milking it. Whereas upload is a really fun comedy that you can- Also it's 30 minutes compared to an hour. Right. Um, I put this on and uh, the doctor also watched this. I was like, I'm going to put this on. I don't know if you'll like it, but you're saying you're going to read your book. So if you have to glance over, yeah, that's what I'm watching. (laughs) She didn't read her book. She instead watched it in entirety with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and she doesn't like a whole lot of stuff, but you know, this thing hit on like two different levels. It's funny. It's interesting. And like the main characters that they have are really charming and insightful. It's also really well written. Um, I would definitely suggest checking it out. It is easy to binge watch. All 10 episodes are up online or on part of Amazon. So (laughs) yeah, definitely check out upload. Yeah, it seems cool. It just sucks that it's on Amazon, which prevents me from having an easy way to access it. But or enjoying it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's complicated, but yeah, it seems interesting conceptually. Yep. All right, uh, you have one more show to talk about. This was a final season of a show that's been running for a very long time. Yes, uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars, the final season that um, got a lot of people excited to join Disney Plus for it. Yeah. And yeah, so it's weird watching this finale and then also having the Rise of Skywalker as its finale and how you can be fans like as a creator a fan of star wars and still come away with two completely ideas of what it is to be a fan and how to do fan service <laughs> yeah uh because uh the rise of uh, the rise of skywalker was like fan service done poorly to like appease the fans whereas this final season of the clone wars was fan service to tie up loose ends but also give a satisfying conclusion and when i mean that this thing concludes up to and including parts from revenge of the sith ah. which like everyone knew because the whole point of star wars clone wars which takes place from right after clone wars and covers the entirety of the war it's supposed to go completely all the way up to Revenge of the Sith, but we, because it got cut short on TV, it never got there. But this final season finally edged that, fixed that point, and it hit every type of satisfaction, top-notch animation, made you feel stuff for these uh, characters that you've been on this journey with. Yeah, and it beautifully, beautifully, beautifully well done. Good. I'm glad it paid off because I know a lot of people were concerned. Especially post Disney, like about like what would happen to that end of that show, whether it would remain as quality as it was. Oh yeah, no, it feels like they gave the creators for that show like carte blanche. Like, okay, we know you had a season in mind, so just do what you want to do, but you only get one season. Yeah. That being said, there is a way for it to continue, uh, but they would just completely rename it because the Clone Wars have officially ended. Right. Also, they have another show, right? They have another animated show. What is it called? Uh, there's the Resistance, Rebels, yeah. uh, Rebels, I think. Resistance. Yeah. I feel which one they're in now. They could roll. If they wanted to, they could roll some of, the, some of that stuff into the other shows that they have. Yeah. There's other shows they can do with that kind of animation and style and yeah. plot points. Or not plot points, but like that storytelling. Okay, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's good fun. News. It's well done. Even if you haven't seen like all the previous episodes, you can start with this final season, and by the end, you still hit those emotional beats. I binge watched that entire season, and that's like me not having seen the previous seasons for like years on end since they were on yeah. TV. Yeah, and it's those final episodes still hit really hard. Well, good. I'm glad. Yes. Uh, real quick, speaking of shows that hit really hard, I uh, I finished, or at least this past week was the finale, of uh, Zoe's Infinite Playlist. Yeah, so you kept going with that thing? I kept going with it when I saw some people keep talking about it. Yeah. It's like the show you're not watching. So I kept so I kept watching it, or at least, you know, listening to it. <laughs> um, it's 
it still has the same problems I had in the beginning where it's like, yeah, you're doing this on purpose. I see where you're going with it, but it wasn't until the very last episode that all these storylines finally concluded. And one thing you're waiting for finally happened. And yes, it is a big emotional payoff, but I don't know if the wait was actually worth it. (laughs) I think that's one of the big problems because it felt like you could like watch the first episode, maybe two or three in the middle. And then the the end, it still have that (laughs) same emotional impact without the other eight episodes. Yeah, not a great sign. <laughs> yeah, but that being said, it's the production on it, it's still well done. Yeah. The still final that show. shot, huh? It's still that show. Like, it's still you know that what show, doing. though. But yeah, the final like song they do is just one long take, and it's really well done. I just don't know if that one scene makes it worthwhile of a journey for the mm-hmm. entire season. And now there's probably going to be a pretty long wait until season two. Yep. <laughs> so who knows? But okay, well, interesting. So fans of that, I guess, would be happy to see how it ended. But but no, yeah, really the ending wasn't even that surprising because you knew it was coming. It was like a freight yeah. train in your. It was that slow moving comet in your face, like, oh, that's going to get here any day now. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake in stores now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Anything else, television? Before we can move on to cancellations and renewals, uh, I caught up on My Hero Academia, and let's move on. That's not news. <laughs> now, cancellations and renewals. HBO is bringing back my brilliant friend. Uh, oh, I'm so glad you think of me that way. I was gonna say, set up for a joke there um, for a third season. I am that joke there. USA has canceled Dare Me after one season. Apparently, they could not be dared to renew it. <laughs> HBO is bringing back Insecure for a fifth season. Hey. Own, that's Oprah's network, has canceled Greenleaf after five seasons. <laughs> that's when we shrug. Yep. All right, deaths. We have a handful this week. First up, Sam Lloyd, age 56, an actor. Was in Scrubs and Galaxy Quest. He was the lawyer on Scrubs. Okay, that guy. Yep. He was always that guy. King Shooter, age 24, a rapper. Elsa Blainstead, age 99, was a music editor. Worked on films such as The Goonies, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, and The Color Purple. Those are some really good movies there. There you go. And lastly, Don Shula, age 90, a Hall of Fame football player for the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Colts, and of course, the coach of the Miami Dolphins back in the day. Yep, won two Super Bowl titles with them, um, won four Coach of the Year awards, and is the only coach to have a perfect season, the 72 Dolphins. Yep, that's, that's that season, yep. Yep, also... I ate at his burger restaurant. <laughs> was it good? Burger was pretty good. It had the name Shula, like, iron stamped on top of the bun. Wow. It was great. Fancy. It was pretty fancy, especially being in an airport. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
moving on, that is it for death. So we move on now to music, and I toss this over to you. Imagine I'm tossing you a ball. Oh, it fell in my hands. Got it. All right. Tell me about music. All right. Well, we always start music with the Billboard Hot 100, and we always start Hot 100 with the singles charts. All right. What do we got? Uh, Number one is uh, The Scots by Travis Scott and Kid Cudi, a new number one single. New number one. Woo! This Uh, premiered on... uh... This was premiered at uh, Travis Scott's Fortnite concert. Oh, is that what that was? Oh. That's that is the most twenty twenty thing I will ever say. Really, more than that what was it? Dead Mouse having a virtual <laughs> concert and Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever. I don't know, but this was a big deal. Like a lot of people were talking about that Fortnite concert after it happened. Apparently, it was a like a living, like a music video that you could like walk through. Hmm. People saying it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, number two, well, neither of us play Fortnite, so. No. No. Uh, number two, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number three, Tizzy Slide by Drake. Number four, Savage by Megan Three Stallion. <laughs> Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. And number five, The Box by Roddy Rich, finally taking its punches. Yeah. Uh, as for your albums, your Billboard 200 chart. We have three number... babies this week. All right. At number one, 38 Baby 2 by Young Boy Never Broke Again. <laughs> My favorite. At number two, Blame It on Baby. By the baby. <laughs> At number three, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Vert. Number four, After Hours by The Weeknd. And number five, My Turn by Lil Baby. <laughs> Said three babies. Four. Four babies? Yeah, because there's baby in the album name. Oh, 38 Baby. <laughs> And then blame it on baby and the baby and little baby. That's a lot of baby. baby. Well, if you don't like any of those albums, we have I new do. releases. Okay. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. Right. We have American Love Story by Butch Walker. Uh, what Wands Won't Break by <laughs> Daedalus. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Pedals for Armor by Haley Williams. Yes, that Haley Williams. Yep. That that album we've been waiting for and talking about. Yep, it's happening. Uh, We also have Warnings by I Break Horses. It's true. Uh, We also have It Was Good Until It Wasn't (laughs) by Kalani. Which could be really said about this year. (laughs) (laughs) Could be said about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, And lastly, we have Straight Songs of Sorrow by Mark Langan, which is an apt title for this year. Also, yes. All right, music news. All right, we start this music news with something I foretold. (laughs) Back in January. February? When was this announced? 
know. When, when Lady Gaga announced her new album, Chromatica, and then all this pandemic happened, mm-hmm. she put it on a delay. Right. Well, the delay for Lady Gaga's Chromatica will not be as long as fans might have feared. It'll be out at the end of the month. May 29th, we have a date. Uh, as the singer announced via her social media accounts on Wednesday morning. That's today. Uh, the quote, the journey continues. You can officially join me, Lady Gaga, hashtag Chromatica, on May 29th, uh, as her accounts declared, accompanied by a photo of her crouching in sci-fi regalia in the dramatic desert landscape. <laughs> Following through, through to pre-sale link reveals newly revealed album cover art which has Gaga pressed against a pink backlit metal gate by a silvery rendering of the previously seen Chromatica logo. It's quite sexy. So this thing uh, will be out and we'll be actually able to listen to it. Yep. And pass judgment on it. I think this is the label finally realizing that there was only so long they could delay something when there's literally no idea of when it would be able to come out otherwise. Well, like I said, like we had this discussion of they're going to delay it. Okay. Because they want like the whole press tour released SNL thing. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, well, this thing may not be over, you know, in the next couple of months. Yeah. And even if it does, it's going to be a while for things to get back to normal. So you're just basically delaying stuff and not giving people what they want. Hey, let's give the people what they want. Yeah. What they, we said in the beginning. They gave up because they can't wait any longer. If they waited any longer, it'd be in a 2021 release and they need that thing to come out now. And Gaga was probably on their phone too, basically being like, I would prefer this release than to stay in the vault forever. Well, I'm so sure they, she saw like the numbers that Dua Lipa was getting. Yeah, with this being with her song album being released. I mean, look at what the albums are this week in the top five. Yeah. It makes it's sense. Yeah. It's a bunch of babies put it up there. A bunch of babies up there. It's <laughs> a bunch of babies. Now we get the ladies come in. Yeah, lady baby. Um, yeah, uh, this is about time. I mean, we'll see how it is though. I mean, the next question then is this: Will this be good? We'll find mm, out. We'll find out. I mean. Everyone's going to listen to it probably at the exact same time. <laughs> so, hey, at least, it'll main, at least it'll be number one. Although, I wonder if that's also what they're waiting for, to release the album, to get Nobody those else. ticket sales. Yeah. The ticket I sale think that bump. was part of it. I definitely saw in an article that there was a theory about they were worried that the sales would be underwhelming because they wouldn't have it tied to ticket sales. Right. So we'll see. Because that's, I mean, that's what Taylor Swift's been doing is... What they all did. It's what they've all been doing is... Well, they've been doing for the last three years, and... I know, but... We throws a wrench in it, for sure. Yeah, because you do get the artificially inflated numbers to yeah. get that number one. Well, unless, we'll <laughs> I'll say, uh, uh, unless you're DJ Khaled, in which case you just get stuck with number two and throw a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> True. You didn't get another one. Yeah, nope, nope, not another one for him. Nope. He played himself. He played himself. All Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. <laughs>
You've played yourself. All right. Our uh, second. Let's talk uh, about something more silly and fun. Well, it has to be silly and fun if we're talking about Mattel. Yeah, toy company. What's that doing in here? Well, well, this is actually related to a story that we reported a while ago about a different toy company. Is this about the Build-A-Bear toy company? Yes. Yes. Read. As Mattel has entered into an exclusive multi-year global music licensing agreement with Warner Music Group's arts music division as the sole distributor of Mattel's current catalog of more <laughs> than 1,000 songs from iconic toy brands, including Barbie, Thomas and Friends, Hot Wheels, American Girl, and Fisher-Price. So real quick. Did you know that there was a thousand songs related to these franchises already? No. I mean, in total, I wouldn't have put a thousand on it. Now you do. I mean, how many of this is like post-TV stuff that they've done? I'd imagine that that's jingles. Maybe a lot of it's just jingles. I would imagine. Not like full songs? No, I don't think so. I think it's full songs because I think there's probably just a whole bunch of direct-to-video uh movies based on these platforms. There's a lot of direct-to-video for Barbie and Hot Wheels. That they had music commission for that they can now release on streaming. I guess. I mean, Thomas and Friends have been on forever. And imagine, like, extrapolate that out when you think there's probably music that plays on the website. There's probably a bunch of songs that are, like, used in YouTube videos for these toys. There's Mm -hmm. probably songs used in commercials. There's probably songs used in like flash games you can play. There's probably a whole enterprise of options here that we don't even think about because we're not children. Well, not only that, but we also assume that that's just stuff they don't own that they license to. But they definitely do. I guess they do. It's just original content there. Yeah, they hire a musician and be like, hey, write a song for Barbie to sing. Well, in addition... Arts Music and Mattel will make hundreds of never-before-released songs from the catalog available for the first time and will collaborate on the creation and distribution of new music, including the upcoming Thomas & Friends birthday album, (laughs) which will launch on digital streaming services in two days, May 8th. Happy birthday, Thomas. Happy birthday, Thomas. (laughs) Oh, Thomas and your friends. (laughs) Uh, Quote, Music is an important part of Mattel's DNA and has been integral into into our brand's ability to connect with children of all ages to help them learn and grow, said Senior Vice President of Content Distribution and Business Development at Mattel, Fred Suley. (laughs) That is a long title. Yeah. Need two business cards for that title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keeps going. It goes on to the back. Goes on to the back side. Flip it over. <laughs> Ends with a QR code. Um, yeah, so I don't know. This makes sense when you think about it, but it is a weird story. And I included it specifically because we had one, it was a slow nose news week. Slow nose week? <laughs> slow slow nose week. Yeah. I mean, when your other big story is look at Adele. Yeah, okay. Can I talk about that for a second? Yes. <laughs> I get it that people want to be like, celebrate like, oh, this person like got healthier 
like I get it that people want to celebrate that and use well, that as a, it's a transformation. It's we haven't yeah. seen you. This is a new look. I get that, but it definitely makes it sound like we like you now that you're thin. You re- we didn't like you as much when you weren't, and that's kind of like the like the subtext of it. That's what I got. And that really rubs me the wrong way whenever this happens. And this is happening again. I knew this was going to happen too, because remember there were stories months ago about like, rumor says, rumor has it. See what I did there? Right. Adele is like losing a bunch of weight. And like, I remember people at the time saying, it's like, what's going to happen is the same thing that happens every time. People are going to celebrate it. And then, yeah, it's going to look real bad. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Like she I mean, had choice. This was not new. We knew this was gonna come. Yeah. It's just but, annoying. It's just annoying to me and annoyed me today when I saw like I don't forget who it was on Twitter. It was like Kelly Clarkson or something on Twitter being like, oh, it's a transformation. It's like who it's like she was already a multi-Grammy winner. <laughs> she already had the success. We don't have to focus on her weight. We can just talk about Adele the singer. Like you just say, hey, Adele made <laughs> Like Adele's back in the studio. Yeah. Or Adele's on Instagram. That's the story. That's the story. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just needed to get that out of my, off my chest. Yeah. I think that like why she posted that on Instagram got lost in the message. Cause like even I didn't read what she actually posted. <laughs> right. I just read what everyone else was saying about it. Yeah. People looked at the picture, freaked out. Mm-hmm. Went to social media. So yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously, I am 100% behind. Like, if you want to change yourself in some way and you're doing it about about a healthy way, then yes, by all means, do it. But if you are a person choosing, making a decision about how to react to that, maybe think about it before you do it. That's also, awesome. she's a mom. That's a mom right there. Yeah, she has kids. Yep, she's got the kids. Anyway. She's got the kids in the Grammys. Ooh, where's she at? More Grammys or kids? Ah, uh, Grammys. Yeah, Definitely. I know. <laughs> Anyways, if she had more kids than Grammys, she would have way too many kids. <laughs> too many kids. Adele doesn't have that many kids. All right, that's it for music news. You listen to something. Uh, yes, I kept my promise, and I listened to the new Kenny Chesney album, Here and Now. Do you regret your decision? No, but I have a come across quite a ponderance. Okay. I'll awesome. do this album. So Which this kind of Kenny Chesney record is this? Is this the I'm going to be calm and reflect upon my life, Kenny Chesney? Or like, like I'm going to sit on a chair at the beach, Kenny Chesney? Or is this party, Kenny Chesney? This is reflection, Kenny Chesney. Okay. But this album, like Kenny Chesney has a unique sound. We can yeah. agree on that. Yeah. yeah. But I've only like actually listened to Kenny Chesney for his past three albums <laughs> uh, from the big revival. Yeah. Cause I went to the big revival tour. Party album. Yeah. And then <laughs> I listened to uh, the one, the last one. Which I believe you described as a mix between yes. us. As a mix, as a party yeah. slash on a beach album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it called like uh, Saints, Sinners and beach. Saints. It was called like Sinners and Saints or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and then there's this one, um, which is more of like a reflection, sit back album. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if it's because I've only started listening to him to his like basically end of his career or like where he's established, fully established himself. Mm. That yeah, he has a sound, clearly, like Kenny Chesney has a sound, but at the same time, it's not challenging, it's not <laughs> different enough. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a Kenny Chesney album. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah. He's settled into a niche. Right. And so I'm like I'm still a fan, but should I be expecting more, expecting different? Like Eric Church does something different every single time. That's the thing. But also Eric Church is not as mainstream as you probably think he is. That's the right. thing. Kind of a fringier artist. If you're Kenny Chesney, you know where your bread is buttered. And yes. you get into a Mexican nice beach. Yeah, exactly. It's on a chair and a beach. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's one of the problems with country music as a genre, right? Whereas, like, you get pigeonholed, you get stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I don't know if, like, it's because I, like, I never, like, rode the wave of Kenny Chesney from, like, his early stuff to now to where, like, oh, I see his progression. Like, no, nah, it's. I think there is the one if you go look looking for it. Do I want to go looking for it? I just, just want the, the hits. That's the thing, though, is that... Like, I, I put on his live album that he did for his birthday at Gillette Stadium. That yeah. thing was a banger. Because well, yeah, he played the hits. Again, that's the thing. That's part of the genre, right? Is right. that the artists, these legacy artists, they essentially become singles artists. Uh, mm-hmm. It's less about the album as a statement. Yeah, but even though he might be a singles artist... This is still a good album front to back. I enjoyed every single song on this thing. So he's okay. still an album artist. Much like I enjoyed his previous two albums. But, you know, there's all, there is only so many songs you can put into a concert, put into a live album. Yeah. But, I mean, I enjoyed this album front to back here and now. Okay. I listened to it, like, the first time I listened to it, like, twice through, three times through. It was like, oh, yeah, it loops all the way through. It's a great album. But it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. Exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> Which doesn't make yeah. it a bad thing. No, it's, it's not just something that I noticed. Yeah, it's just that he knows his audience. He knows what works. And yeah, he's just... It's a system. It's like he knows he can knock it out of the park every time. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, because I was supposed to see him this year for this album. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, unless he's coming to Couchcella. Ooh. <laughs> Couchcella. Couchcella. Yeah, no, I already celebrated Couchcella. You did, I know. That's why I said that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, did you listen to anything? Uh, a couple small things. I listened to the new car seat headdressed. I didn't really love it. It's fine. Okay. They try more. They tried more electronic takes this time. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does not. It was a mixed experience for me. I also listened to the new Diet Sig record, very much like their first album. Um, so if you liked that, I guess it's fine. But like, it didn't really hit for me either. Just two kind of whiffs for me. Hmm, two misses. Um, that being said, there's a new Dixie Chicks single uh, this week called Calm Down Juliana. And it's a little different uh, from the, the, the first single they released for the new record. Okay, because um, I really enjoyed Gaslighter. 
check out this one. It's a little bit more of a slow burn. It's uh, not to be confused with the Casey Musgrave song. Not to be confused with a slow burn. Like it's a build. It's a build. It's also kind of electronically inspired. Hmm. Um, in their own way. It's not very country. Like They're making it very clear that they're distancing themselves away from that kind of image. Um, but it's got, a, it's got a fun chorus, and it's a good message by the end of it. And um, it definitely is something that grows and builds as it goes on. And I suggest checking it out. It's on, a, I believe there's a lyric video on YouTube. All right, I'll check so, that out. Uh, yeah, which kind of, I guess, makes up for the fact that they delayed that record. Speaking of records being delayed, so I don't know when that's coming out, but at least we got a couple more singles, so that's good. Okay. But that's all I listen to. All right, well then let's head on into video games as we head to the home stretch here. Let's do it. All right, uh, we have new releases of video games. A couple, but they're not new. New re-releases, I should say. As Halo 2 colon anniversary as coming out for the PC, as well as Star Wars Episode 1. (laughs) <laughs> colon racer for the playstation and the switch did you play a lot of racer back in the I day played i played one of them a lot for yeah, the pod I racing a racer i played the pod racing one a lot yeah this was a uh common uh blockbuster rental for me yeah on the n64 we rented this racer a lot i want to say we owned it i remember uh, I only remember that because like I had like my, like we each had like our favorite racer who was not one of the main racers. Oh yeah. The one thing that I will always remember and it's burned into my brain is the sound when you beat your time, the announcer goes, it's a new lap record. Yep. (laughs) Just burned somewhere up here forever. I will never think about lap records without thinking about that guy's voice. (laughs) Anyway. Anyways, video game news. News. Uh, Start with some Xbox news. Yeah. Microsoft has announced Xbox. Not not 360. Not (laughs) one. But Xbox 2020. Which is not what you think. (laughs) Uh, Xbox 2020 is a digital monthly event designed to outline the future of the Xbox platform with fresh reveals of upcoming Xbox Series X games, exciting details about initiatives like Project xCloud, and more. In a new blog post on the Xbox website, CVP of uh, Gaming Marketing, Marketing, Jarrett West, also confirmed that the first look at Xbox Series X Exclusives will take place in July, you know, when E3 was supposed to take place. <laughs> yeah. uh, while this Thursday's edition of Inside Xbox will focus mainly on upcoming third-party titles for the platform. This is a good, good move. Yeah. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for either Microsoft or Sony to start actually showing off games for the next generation of consoles. Microsoft moved first. So tomorrow morning, at 8 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, I will be watching this live. They'll be showing a demonstration of third-party titles. Not first-party, because like they said, July, we'll have to wait for first-party mm-hmm. titles. But third-party titles playing on Xbox uh, Series X hardware. So our first glimpse of the next generation real-time happens tomorrow. 
I believe we already got our first glimpse of the next generation. Kind of. Cinematic with yeah. the Assassin's Creed last week. Well, and then before that, the Hellblade stuff at Game Awards last yep. December was technically our first real-time view of Series X footage. But... But we, we want gameplay. This will be gameplay. This will be more in-depth. We'll see more Assassin's Creed. That's been confirmed to be part of tomorrow's lineup. But other than that, we don't know a whole lot about what they'll be showing tomorrow. So I'll be watching this. I will have uh, feedback next next Wednesday for the podcast. And yeah, I'm excited to see what it is bright and early tomorrow morning. Yep, we'll be seeing. Um, I mean, I'll be watching it at some point. But yeah, we'll get uh, Xbox news next week. So yeah. look forward to that. Fun times. Well, All right, what else do we got? Well, speaking of 2020 and 2020 releases, EA's most recent financial reports include a statement on the impact this has been happening on its operations, <laughs> along with a roadmap for the rest of the year. According to the report, FIFA 21 and Madden 21 will still be released in 2020, along with Burnout Paradise Remastered and... Specifically. Huh? The Switch version, because other that already exists on other Right. And Command and Conquer Remastered. NHL 21 could be released as early as December of this year, or as late as April 2021. But wait, there's more. Under the FY21 announced titles chart, an asterisk point reads, Quote, we expect to announce additional titles released in fiscal year 2021 over the coming months, including an unannounced EA sports title, I assume that's college, <laughs> an unannounced EA HD title, I assume that's a Star Wars thing, or Mass Effect, or Mass Effect, uh, four EA partners titles, which could literally be anything. Yeah. And two mobile soft launches. Madden uh, head coach mobile. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, they haven't done that, honestly. No, no, that'd be a need for speed mobile again. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that means there's still one EA Sports title that is yet to be announced due, due out this year or early next year along with seven other games. I think you could, you should, you probably are right about that being the college game because they probably, if they're saying that they're done with Madden, they probably developed it at the same time, seeing as they probably run the same engine. It could also be UFC. I, uh, that yeah. is a possibility as well. It's true, it's true. Um, meanwhile, a new premium Huge asterisk quotes here on premium. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty game is coming this year, and so are two new games based on Activision IPs. So we're pivoting to Activision here. Yep. Uh, the news comes from Activision's latest earnings call, uh, in which the company detailed the robust slate of content coming in 2020. Accordingly, we can expect the next premium release for Call of Duty and two titles based on library IP from Activision later this year. So, there's a lot to unpack here. Yes. 
The first thing is that these two gigantic companies had to make these announcements now because March, as if you know anything about business, is the end of fiscal year. So mm-hmm. they had to Tax tell the investors, here's what's in store more or less for the rest of the year. This is news because before this had happened, who the hell knew if any video games were going to be released this year because everything else was being delayed. Um, the second thing I wanted to point out here is library IP from Activision. Do you think this is confirmation of sorts of that rumor that was going around about them developing a new Crash Bandicoot? Maybe. I think it is. I mean, think about it. The remakes made them so much money that it would be no it would be a no-brainer for them not to reboot the franchise. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know about reboot. It'd also be something really easy to make if I mean, you were it's sitting a platformer on, game. Yeah. If you were sitting on a engine that just made the rem- remakes, right? Like you're mm-hmm. probably just sitting on those assets. Like, hey, we have all the assets here. Make new levels, boom, you've got a new Crash Bandicoot game. Yep. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Uh, I did see that coming later this year is PGA 21, uh, made by the same guys who did the golf clubs. Uh, so we'll get actual PGA You'll ask courses, all. official courses, not creation made yeah. courses, um, but like actual players and sponsorship as well. Yeah. And that's huge. Uh, but yeah, Activision. Call of Duty. I mean, that's their bread and butter. That's their money maker. That thing prints money. I'll be really interested to see what happens with the new Call of Duty because uh, Modern Warfare did really well for them and they continued updating, especially with uh, Warzone now basically as a platform for it. uh, That's become this own kind of own island, own free to play kind of thing that anybody can pick up. So, what did they do with Call of Duty this year? I don't know. They haven't. We haven't been in this situation where they've had such a strong Call of Duty year that I don't know what you do anymore. This is where you put out the experimental ghost black ops. Something different. Something different. How different do you do and still sell in a year where there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to deliver? You call it Call of Duty Revolution. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Was it like the French Revolution? Yeah, muskets. Or American, or Brazilian, or (laughs) Russian, or Latvian. Yeah, a lot of revolutions. All the revolution. Cuban. It turns out that you just dance, dance. You You go, you start playing, and and your character just spins over and over and over again. You're just like, why can't I stop? Then you look at the cover, and you're like, oh, right. (laughs) <laughs> anyway did you play any video games this week um i am playing through lego no that's not a new game don't worry it's lego uh marvel superheroes ah boring the doctor um uh, only because i'm planning on purchasing because they're on sale the other two lego marvel games got it and 100%ing those because one, I know they take a long time. Two, I know I'm going to have a lot of fun with them. You're not the only one. Um, roommate Travis has also been playing Star Wars, Lego Star Wars nonstop, the one that's available on uh, Game Pass. Yes. 
And so, yeah, no, apparently they're, it's good comfort food. It's a good game that you can just kind of put on, zone out to for a while, because you know how they work. It's also kind of sad that they're made by Telltale, which is no longer a company. <laughs> no, they're Traveler's Tales. They're Traveler's Tales. Company. Yes. Company. Yes, also no longer a company. <laughs> no, they're fine, actually. Traveler's Tales still exists. I thought they would under, oh, did they come back? They've always been there. Oh. Nothing happened to Traveler's Tales. Okay, yeah, Traveler's they, Tale. Uh, they're, I think, under the Warner? No, it's Warner. Yeah. yeah, it's Warner. Yeah, they're with Warner. So I think they've just been working with Warner on other projects. They haven't been making a whole lot of uh, Lego games kind of post um, Lego World. Yeah, or, that was the last one. Which they put a lot of. Well, because they tried to spin it off to Lego Dimensions, which didn't. Yeah, set Dimensions off as also. Much. It was Dimensions and Worlds, I think, that both kind of like underperformed for them. And so I think they're kind of recovering from that. They, uh, no, but they are coming back with. You can pre order Lego, I think it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. You can pre order that, and that's what's come out this year. Yeah. Good to see uh, them keep keeping at it because I do, uh, yeah, uh, like I appreciate those Lego games, even though they're not really my thing. But. No, but I mean, they're good, easy base games to play co op with. And also, yeah. there is a lot to do to 100% it. Yeah, there's a lot of game in there. Yeah, there's a lot of game. There's a lot of mini games. There's a lot of side quest game. It's it's a lot of game on game. Game on game. So that's yeah. why I'm going to get it while it's on sale right now. True. Anything else? Uh, anything else? No, I think I am good here. I've been playing a lot more mo- mobile games. I'm all. Yeah. I'm gotten to the finale of the Two Eyes Nonogram. Oh yeah, I started playing that. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, when you get to the finale, they're thirty by thirties. Oh. Uh, sorry, it's a thirty by thirty. Thirty-five times. Oof. Three times because there's three different right. meetups of finale, and each one is composed of thirty-five nonograms, and each one of those is comprised of a thirty by thirty nonogram. Jeez! Wow. Okay. Because so, yeah. I'm still on. I'm on the deer side, and I'm doing. I Do think you start I'm with the deer or the wolf? The deer. Okay, I started with started the deer. deer first because it was left, so I was like reading left to right. So I was like, that was my first one. Yeah, and that's what I did, and it. I think I like the story better that way. Yeah. Um. So I'm in the. Um, I think I'm in the 15s right now. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I haven't gone back to uh, Fantasy Star Online two. I might not. I might be done. It Very just cool. hasn't. It hasn't really beckoned to me since the last time I played it because I just got really annoyed with it. Hmm. Um, I played the May Day stuff in Animal Crossing. Okay. Which we talked about briefly. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, speaking of stuff we talked about, I did stream the uh, tournament, Golf yeah, Club 2. Um, I lost that tournament, but I won the war. Yay! Golf 4. Yep, I don't know how to do another tournament, but hey, I mean that game. I might just wait for a PGA, yeah, to come out and just buy that one day of because made by the same company. Yeah, so you know, so what you're I, know into. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Mayday stuff was cool on Animal Crossing. It was like this puzzle kind of approach to the game, which I hadn't seen before. So. Yeah, and then everyone's still playing Animal Crossing with you. Yep. 
Still playing Animal Crossing. All yep. right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. All right. That's it for me. I think that wraps us up here, too. Sure does. Let's plug it away. Thank you for joining us for the Media Boat Podcast for this week. We will be back next week for another Marooned edition. You can catch us in podcast form by going to Apple Podcasts or other similar podcast services and searching Media Boat Podcasts. If you want to see our mugs, we are back on YouTube in the archive. Search for our YouTube channel by searching Media Boat Podcast and you'll find it along with other aired episodes from the past. Uh, we will have this episode up uh, sometime tonight. So by Thursday, uh, the 7th at least. Um, if you want to catch us on social media, we're there too. Twitter, our handle is at Media Boatcast. Facebook, search for our page by searching for Media Boat Podcast. If you want to email us, email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to see Mike play video games like the golf club, go to twitch.tv slash mediaboat. You can also, no, I think that's pretty much it. Still working on the Patreon. So that's all we got so far. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for Xbox news and all sorts of other stuff. So stay tuned. More TV stuff, more thoughts on stuff, more news as it comes. We'll be back next week. Never stopping this podcast. Never stopping until we have to. Bye. All right. Bye.